The Money Show. The Big Issue. Very big issue, just looking at the SMS line. In fact, we've had a few big issues this evening talking about one-man businesses. One person says here, please give your name if you can. SME and one-man biz can adapt and change in the face of diversity far quicker than the mega corporates. Corporates have the money to survive while adapting. SMEs, etc., have no money unless adaption occurs quickly to remedy the the current crisis. Much rather be a one-man show. That is so interesting. Another one says, hey, Ray, how do you think welfare organizations deposit their charity cans at least now at a bank teller with five cent coins upwards andrew says andrew bhs that's very interesting as well we're talking about the one man uh, rand guy he uh, gets uh, got paid out so his salary in one rand coins and the challenge is this month is to go and spend all of that but now there's been much debate for the legalization of cannabis or dacha to help treat patients suffering from ailments such as cancer it's seen an alternative as an alternative to other pain control medicines and just looking at the SMS line this evening, there seems to be a lot of people in, in, in uh, favor of using cannabis in creams or things like that. However, the law states that dealing in cannabis or dacha is illegal. As an example, IFP MP Mario Ambrosini says he uses dacha as he's suffering from cancer. So there seems to be a medicinal need for this. On the money show tonight, we look at the market for dacha or cannabis or hemp. If it's legalized, what would this mean for the medical fraternity? Just looking at the business. It's, it's it's one thing to to outlaw something and ban something, and then people say, right, we, you know, we should be using it. If it is legalized, what happens next? Well, the health minister, Dr. Erin Mozzoletti, spoke to the SABC about their stance on cannabis. You want to use a banned substance to treat yourself of a disease that for which there is no other cure known, and the substance you want to use is banned, and we are dead sure in healthcare we don't have any substance. You can apply to the director general of health; they can allow that. They can give you a permit. The problem is that people want a permit for everybody, even for those who are not sick. You want to use the misfortune of one person. If people want to use marijuana unbanned and they want to use it uh, recreationally, like they do in Colorado, they must not come to the Minister of Health. Like your calls this evening, that was Dr. Aaron Motswaledi. He's our health minister. I'd like your calls, your thoughts, your insight. Is this a good step or is this not? Joining us to discuss this is somebody who's done quite a bit of research into this. This is uh, the executive director of the Pro-Legalization Drug Policy Alliance, Ethan Noodleman, all the way from San Francisco in the United States. Uh, Ethan, welcome to the show. Just your thoughts on legalizing cannabis or hemp or marijuana. I know certain states in the United States have actually done that. Well, I mean, by and large, I'd say that the benefits exceed the disadvantages. I mean, what we know right now is that marijuana is available to almost anybody who wants it. There were three surveys in my country over the last 10 years before anybody legalized anything in which young people said it was easier to buy marijuana than it was to buy alcohol. So this notion that somehow we're protecting young people by keeping marijuana illegal for adults, I think that's a a joke, really. And so the question I think that people in South Africa have to ask is the same one as people in the U.S. are asking, which is that when you look at the costs and benefits of keeping marijuana illegal, in terms of keeping it as a black market industry, empowering organized and unorganized criminals, uh, having no control over the quality of the marijuana, having the revenue collected by criminals rather than by government. And you compare that to legally regulating marijuana, more or less like we do alcohol or other substances, where there's a risk that use may increase, but enormous advantages in terms of taxation, regulation, undercutting the black market, putting 
putting fewer people in prison, reducing low-level police corruption. It would seem to me, but South Africans have to decide, that the same arguments that are persuading people in my country would ultimately persuade people in your country as well. Is it not then just a case that because it's illegal, because it's banned, everybody wants it, but once we have it, well then it'll just be like another medicine? Well, I think that's a bit what you say with young people, right? For young people, the fact that it's illegal and banned for everybody makes it something of the forbidden fruit. It makes it more appealing to young and rebellious people. And that once marijuana just becomes like any, any other substance, well, you lose some of that element. I think, you know, people sometimes ask, and we, haven't, we don't have enough evidence yet in Colorado or Washington to really tell, or Uruguay, which has became the first country to legalize marijuana. But they ask, so is use going to go up if you legalize marijuana? And my guess is that use probably will go up somewhat, but I don't think it'll be among young people because young people already have such easy access to it. I think the principal increase you'll see will be among older people. It'll be people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. It'll be people who find that you know having a little marijuana is better than taking the sleeping pill at the end of the night or that they prefer to having that glass of alcohol or that it helps with their diabetes or their arthritis. It'll be that, that type of marijuana use that is somewhat recreational, somewhat medical, that lies in that in-between area. And I think that, quite frankly, the risks of a modest increase in elderly people using marijuana compared to the potential benefits is 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 going to be just essentially a non-issue. Mm. As this has been legalized, what has the response been like? So the, the legislation goes through. What have people been doing thereafter? Has there been a massive response saying, fantastic, let's go for this? No, I mean, it, it, more or less what's happened, we just released a report six months into Colorado's legalization. And the basic conclusion is not much changed. The sky did not fall. People who used to buy marijuana in the black market are now buying it in legally regulated shops and paying taxes. It looks like the state of Colorado is going to earn tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue this year and hundreds of millions of dollars in years to come once the thing uh, spans more. It looks like the black market is slowly going to lose its traction uh, in competing with the legal market. There are funds. These funds from marijuana taxation are dedicated for school construction and to some extent for local police departments to enforce the laws. So I think what we're basically seeing is, you know, not much harm, a little bit of good, mm. and uh, the world doesn't change very much. It just means there's less criminality going on, less problems like that. Sounds good. Executive Director for the uh, Pro-Legalization Drug Policy Alliance, Ethan Nedelman, thanks for joining us all the way from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Ray, the last thing I would mm. say is that if South Africa is just looking at the medical issue, Israel is probably the best example of a national medical marijuana. You know, their national health ministry is running it. They have about 15,000 patients, and it's all very well done. So there's lots of models for South Africa to look at as they consider this. Time to start looking at those models. I'm just looking at the SMS line. Ethan Nedelman, thanks for your time on The Money Show this you're, evening. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Quite a few uh, p- uh, people here. Hello, Ray. Daha tea has been known to cure diabetes. Why do the docs not look into that area? Perhaps no money for them, says Basil. Okay, Daha tea, I wouldn't know. Maybe a doctor can phone in and speak to us about that. Going to be chatting shortly to Dr. Carl Elbrecht, head of research at Cancer. But let's go to IFP legal advisor and MP, Dr. Mario Ambrosini. Good afternoon. Good, good evening, uh, Doctor. Welcome to the show. Now, I know through the through the media reports and, and, and things like that, I know that you have been using, you, you said it yourself, that you have been using uh, medicinal marijuana to, to help fight your pain. Just take us through that. That's correct. I made that statement in Parliament, and I I took it originally orally, it, 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 it's, it's capsules, huh? 
and I got uh, a or effect, which I really disliked. So I changed it from orally to rectally as suppository, and that did not uh, cause uh, the uh, effect. And it did control the pain quite effectively without uh, the side effects that I'm now experiencing now that I'm on morphine. Okay. So if, you, if, if I had to say to you, make it legal, what would you say? Do you think this just works better than any other medication on the markets, on the legal markets? Absolutely. And, and the debate is not about making, making marijuana legal. It's about make, making it legal once again. Marijuana was legal and then it was criminalized. Mm. And there are really no basis in, in science and policy, in law, for marijuana to be illegal. Okay. It is not. Uh, it's not harmful. It's not. Uh, a, at best, it's a vice. We don't put people in jail because of a vice. Sure. Mm. Folks may argue, though, that it's a gateway drug to other things. Are they being unrealistic? Well, there has been a huge amount of research, and it just happens not to be to be the case. The gateway drugs are tobacco and alcohol. The choice of Marijuana is a soft choice from which people rarely have any incentive to move to a harder choice. It's the male option. Okay. The, and you don't throw the baby out with a bath water. Sure, sure. You're going for the advantage of it. IP Legal Advice and MP, Dr. Mario Ambrosini. Best of luck and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. There we go. That's uh, IP Legal Advisor MP Dr. Mario Ampersini. And he has basically been admitting to this in the media that he does use it, as you heard, for medicinal purposes. Uh, let's go to Paul in Cape Town. Hi, Paul. Hi there. Hi. You also use cannabis for pain. Tell us about it. That's correct. I'm an entity. I've been an entity for about six years. I use it for phantom pain. Okay, and you, you you find that you can't use anything else. That That's what we're trying to establish this evening because we need to look at the market for that. And if, of course, the health minister does decide to legalize it, what happens next? There are other drugs available, over-the-counter to pharmacists and things like that, highly expensive and not as effective and more detrimental to the rest of your body. Okay. All right. Paul in Cape Town, thanks for your call. Let's go to Dr. Carl Albrecht. He's a head of research at Cancer, the anti-cancer organization. Good evening, doctor. Just take us through from your point of view. If if uh, cannabis is legalized, if uh, DACA is legalized, what sort of business model could there be for hospitals? How much do you need of it? And is it a viable uh, alternative? Okay. Um, first of all, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think Dacha marijuana is a big deal. As far as its capability of uh, reducing certain symptoms of cancer are concerned, or other uses uh, for multiple sclerosis, spinal cord injuries, and so on, uh, there are alternative drugs. So it's not as if uh, you know marijuana has got some wonderful capability. Uh, other than, let's say, the effect on the central nervous system, that, that makes it highly desirable and the object of a lot of attention. Uh, the the idea that it can cure cancer, for example, is wishful thinking. It's not based on any scientific fact. Uh, I don't say it can't. Uh, there are a lot of indications in the literature that... Uh, Extracts of marijuana have very interesting effects on cancer cells, very promising effects. 
But for some strange reason, uh, no one seems to be doing clinical studies uh, where you actually give it to cancer patients and then write up your results. Uh, I just checked out uh, PubMed tonight, you know, which has got about 20 million uh, medical abstracts, and I couldn't find a single one mm. on, the, on the treatment, uh, the clinical treatment of cancer. So we are looking here at a plant product. We're looking at um, quite a few, uh, you know, capabilities, quite a few um, uh, medical, you could call them medicinal capabilities, uh, anti-emesis, anti-nausea has been proven, appetite stimulation has been proven, analgesia has been proven, and so on and so forth. But, but there's no indication of a curative effect. So it's not sure. such a big deal. You know, from a plant point of view, it's probably the most lucrative plant business uh, in South Africa at the moment. <clears throat> I once saw a figure in the order of 500 million rand a year. All that I'm pleading for is a bit of sanity in this whole matter. And by that I mean, let's clean up the act as far as the product is concerned. Let's start off with the product and get that as safe and as re uh, rationalized as we possibly can. Uh, to think of, uh, of it being legalized and bought off the streets, I know for a fact that some dach has actually sprayed with doom insect uh, uh, you know, repellent uh, to preserve the product, and that people then go ahead and smoke the, the dacha with the doom, oh. which doesn't sound like a good chemical combination to me. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, there's an SMS here that says the ingredient of marijuana which alleviates pain is separate from the high ingredient and is obtainable separately from Felicity. Is that right? Um, no, it's not really quite so. Uh, I think the cannabinoids, of which there are about 66 different uh, you know, kinds in the Dacha plant, are doing most of the physiological effects that we are finding. Uh, so, you know, what I'm trying to say is if, if it were to go commercial, then I would like to see some kind of norm, you know, for the uh, standardization of the product. If it's an oil, well, then let it be well-researched and well-standardized. Uh, we, we in cancer, of course, cannot, cannot support the smoking of Dacha because there are, uh, you know, publications that show that, it, that it's more likely to cause lung cancer than tobacco. Sure. So that's one thing. Now, now to standardize, it's not a big deal. And you know, what's quite interesting is that the Medicines Control Council from the government uh, have released, um, for, for observation and discussion, they've released regulations uh, concerning complementary and alternative medicine uh, in November last year. And I think uh, one needs to look at that very, very carefully and see what would be required from their point of view, you know, to, to make it, at least from a chemically uh, constituents point of view, you know, a reasonable product. Then having said that, the next big hurdle, I think, uh, is how to dispense it and to whom. I have no problem whatsoever if it were to be dispensed on uh, prescription. I do have a problem, however, if you can buy it at the corner cafe. Nice. And the reason I'm saying that is, let's face facts. You know, last month it was announced that South Africa's education, as far as science and mathematics were concerned, 
was the lowest in the world. So, you know, can can we afford can we afford to make cannabis marijuana available at the corner cafe in a country where our scholastic performance and our teaching performance for that matter is hundred and forty six out of hundred and forty six. Mm. And quite frankly I think that's too risky experiment. Uh, to try in South Africa. It might be okay for Colorado, but I don't think it's okay for South Africa. But if, hold it, if we get the right people on this, now obviously that was very embarrassing for us. If we get the right people on this and there's government buy-in, couldn't this be a great financial business model for your organization, Cancer, and for hospitals as well? No, of course it can. Of course it can. I can see that, and I I don't think that should be stopped. I'm simply saying let's do it properly. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Dr. Carl Elbrecht, uh, Head of Research at Cancer, thanks for your time this evening on The Money Show. Good to, talk to you, uh, good to chat to you. Right, wrapping up our discussion with your calls on is there a need for cannabis in this country for a business model for hospitals or something like that? Let's go to Stephen Randberg. Hi, Steve. Hi there. Yes, um, okay, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. I got blown up twice in one day during, during my national service 26 yeah. years ago. Now, after that, I mean, after 32 operations, you know, okay, I'm in one piece again, right. I'm working, you know, I carry on, okay, I've lived a normal life. But for 10 years after that, I could not sleep. You know, I would dream, dream, dream. And then one night, I was at a party, and somebody introduced me to this stuff. I said, you know, I've tried it before, it didn't do anything to me. They said, yeah, because you smoked it like a cigarette. Yeah, smoke it like you should. And... That night, I didn't have lots, just a bit. I slept like I had not slept in 10 years. Okay. And ever since then, I, I don't have the dreams anymore. That mm. works. So it's medicine to me. Definitely did help you. Okay, that's Stephen Randberg, Maria and Primrose. Hi. Hi there. Um, I medicate as much of my family as I can using the cannabis oil. Um, pets my husband, kids, myself. It's, it's become a staple in our home. Okay, so there's obviously a market for your, uh, for your family. Um, are you not concerned about any side effects or anything like that? We haven't found any side effects. Um, the only side effects we have is peaceful night's sleep. My son is epileptic. His epilepsy is completely controlled using two or three drops a day. Um, Okay. Complete, complete. It's a consistent result that we're getting. Okay, Maria. And, I'd rather yeah. have him taking this than the Ritalins and all the other things that they've had him on. Yeah, nice alternative. Okay, Maria and Primrose. Let's go to Ali and Cape Town. Hi, Ali. Hey, how's it going? Good. It's actually, it's Hanny, not Ali, but that's fine. Hi. Um, well, welcome to the show, anyway. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so, actually, I, I don't, I don't use this stuff. The reason I was calling is because uh, the doctor previously he made a comment about how horrible. Uh, the math and, and science scores are, and, I, and it's actually quite deploring. Mm. But, as you know, in Colorado, they've legalized cannabis, and they're selling them at the shops and stuff. And I think in the first six months, they made $100 million, and they took the, t- you know, they're paying their taxes, and apparently they're using the taxes to pay for education. 
So you... that's something that can be used here as well. I love that. Uh, I think it's Hanny in Cape Town. Yeah. Okay, wrapping up our discussion, there does definitely, looking at the SMS line, there does definitely appear to be some sort of a market for it. On the uh, on Atray White SA, Good Hair says the benefits of marijuana for medicinal or recreational purposes is well documented. In fact, quite a few people this evening just coming through on Atray White SA and saying, absolutely, we want this. So, yeah, let's continue the discussion this evening on Twitter. I'd love to chat to you.